right. Time for another episode of Reality After Bedtime. Hello, everybody. I'm Marquise. And I'm Tori. And we're back. This is we our are back. <laughs> second episode. Number two. Rolling right into it. This is your first time joining us. We started this podcast because we love reality TV. And we're a married couple. I'm not going to forget this time. <laughs> you say we're parents. <laughs> yeah. Just jump right into okay, being well, parents. <laughs> we're a married couple uh, that yes. have kids. So, yes, we're yes. parents, too. But, yes, we're married. We have four kids. And we love reality TV. And normally during bedtime, we're watching it and talking about it. So, we decided to make a podcast out of what we were already doing. So, that's why we're here. So now you get to listen to us talk about it instead of just talking about it in our living room. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. Or in the car or wherever <laughs> on a walk. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't listened to our first episode, we are covering the big D on USA slash Peacock. And then today we're actually going to be talking about Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. But before we get into that, we're going to get into a segment that I'm just going to go with it and we can call it bedtime stories, as Tori suggested, because <laughs> it sounds cooler than anything else I can think of. So it goes uh, with the theme. Yeah, yeah. So this one's actually very recent. It happened this afternoon, <laughs> so, a couple hours ago, really. <laughs> yeah, Tori's going to tell you more about it because she was what? more firsthand. Oh um, no! And I kind of hopped in last at the end of it, so I'll I'll jump in in the parts where I where I came in, but you can give some context to it. I don't want them to think that the only stories I tell are poop stories. But this is the second one in a row. Yeah. Well, we have a two year old. So that is a poop story. Probably lots of poop (laughs) (laughs) happening. (laughs) Well, we we live where it's really hot. So I'll just start with that. We went outside and so the heat brought on his poop. And so he's squatting outside and I'm like, okay. All right, like we need to go inside. We need to change his diaper. But then the baby starts screaming. The baby's hungry. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I? So I was like, whatever, I'm going to feed the baby first. And then I'm going to change his diaper. Well, he comes and he climbs up onto the couch while I'm feeding the baby. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the poop is out of his diaper. It is on his leg and coming like getting on the couch and like getting on everything and i start screaming i'm like get yeah. down get everyone down. was hysterical i was yes. in the kitchen making something yeah. and i just hear tori screaming at the top of her lungs for him to stop doing everything yes essentially well um, he's i'm trying to get him off the couch so he doesn't get all over like the blankets or like the baby's pillow or anything like that so i'm trying to get him off the couch but then he is sticking his hand onto his leg and feeling what's there, yeah, looks trying to at touch it, all the poop and on then his leg, on wipes the it on his shirt, <laughs> yeah. on his nice shirt. He just starts wiping his hand. And I I was like, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. And so then he gets the, Yeah, and Tori's feeding the baby at this point, too, so she's kind of trapped on the couch. So yeah. I had to run over and pick him up and... Take him upstairs and essentially <laughs> throw him in the bathtub. <laughs> He's still crying, the yeah. poor guy. Very hysterical. Just didn't know what was going on. Yeah, didn't know why mommy was upset. Trying to figure out why the parents are upset at him and there's poop everywhere. 
It was just a wild time. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. It was disgusting. Yep. But so. we, we survived. And yeah, there was poop on the floor, poop on the couch, poop on the child. On his little bike, too. Like yeah. on the bike seat. That probably was the first place it got. That's probably why it was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow we came out of it semi unscathed. So. Yes, everything was easy to clean. I mean, the yeah. hardwood floors, all that. We got it cleaned up, but yuck. Wild times. Disgusting. Yeah. So hopefully all of our stories won't be filled with poo, but here we are. And we'll see how it goes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I hope it's not because I don't want to keep dealing with that. But I think that's just the journey to potty training, too. It's it's that time. Yeah. So that's our story for today. Hopefully... We'll be able to get him potty trained sooner rather than later because <laughs> all these big boy poops are awful and they just do not like the stay in his pull ups or diapers or anything. It's literally time, anything so. anymore. So we thought it was the pull ups, but then today was a diaper. So gross. If yeah. anyone has any tips, yeah. send them our way. We potty are <laughs> boys. Open to them. Know, yeah. I mean, I've done it three times at this point. Well, this twice. is your third time. This is my is third what you're time. saying. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it's different every time. And because uh, it's dependent on the kids. So. Yeah. And this one is not interested in sitting on the toilet for longer than two seconds. So, yeah. He wants to climb up there and sit. Yeah. And then he's like, which means all done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that's our story for today. We're going to hop into the show. So, we're talking about Summer House Martha's Vineyard, which is a spinoff of. My favorite show. <laughs> yeah. I am a, just Summer House is my favorite reality. I would say I started watching it postpartum with number three and then just binged it. And Marquise used to be like, Where'd you go? And I'm hiding upstairs watching Summer House. <laughs> Doing that and Shameless. So I think it, I think no, it was shameless. Shameless, shameless was, was like during my pregnancy. Oh, okay. And then yeah. you were like, that's too depressing. You need to watch something else. <laughs> and she was uh, holed up in the bedroom with all the curtains and blinds closed watching Shameless. And yeah. Very depressed. <laughs> so No, postpartum yeah. it was Summer House and Schitt's Creek. Oh, yeah. That's, Creek, that's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah, totally different side of the spectrum with both of those shows. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot happier time. <laughs> very true. You need that when you're postpartum. You need, like, some pick-me-ups. Yeah. But, anyways, love the summer house, winter house, all of that. Love to watch like the the storylines go across. So then when this spin like this spinoff came out, I was like, let's give it a try. So, yeah, here we are. So this essentially follows a group of twelve friends and they're black professionals and entrepreneurs who go to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts for a summer vacation. Specifically, they're going to Oak Bluffs, and I'm just I mean, this is essentially the black summer house. So. That's what I'm calling it. Well, didn't they say in the beginning, they said the Hamptons, there it's very white and posh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is yeah. like they're talking about the difference between Martha's Vineyard and the Hamptons. Well, Martha's Vineyard itself, I'll get into the history here in a moment of it, <laughs> but Oak Bluffs is more of like the area they're staying in, which is more like predominantly black because of the history of it. So, so that's kind of the setting of the show and everything. So... I want to give a little bit of a history about Martha's Vineyard. They kind of get into a little bit on the show, but I figured I'd dig a little bit more into the history of it and especially why it's such a predominantly 
black vacation spot and stuff as well. So Martha's Vineyard, aka the Vineyard, the the show starts out with them saying is ten times more exclusive than the Hamptons, <laughs> and you have to get there either by plane, boat, or helicopter. So and this, I would only be taking, judging by the size of the plane, I'd only be taking <laughs> yeah. the boat. <laughs> Doesn't look like a great time. <laughs> Doesn't look like my thing. Yeah, but it's definitely off of the mainland completely. So it's located south of south of Cape Cod in Massachusetts and has a land area of about 96 square miles. So not that not that big. Mm-hmm. One thing I thought was interesting was it was the home to one of the earliest known deaf communities in the deaf? U.S. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like can't hear? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and they actually have their own sign language that they came up with. It's what? Martha's Vineyard Sign Language. So That's um, interesting. Yeah. So it emerged among the islanders because there was a lot of hereditary deafness for some reason, and they never treated it as treated it as a disability. So they kind of came up with their own sign language. So it was something that not only deaf people use, but everybody on the island essentially learned and used as a way to communicate. And I think the last person that was born deaf in Martha's Vineyard died in like the 50s or something like that. But for a long time, for like multiple centuries, they were there was people being born deaf. So is that like the people who ever settled the island? That was like a, something that was hereditary and then it carried over kind of thing? Yeah. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Learn something new, which I don't know any of this history that he's sharing. So this yeah. is my first time hearing it. I did all this on my own. So <laughs> everybody's learning. The year-round population is around 16,500 people. And summer population can sometimes grow to more than 200,000. Wow. So lots of tourism. Yeah. On, especially during the summer months. There are six towns. Edgar so town. well, before you, oh. my question is then, so the 16 and a half, they must be like, I wonder what they do. You know, if they're, mm-hmm. they work in tourism. And so when the tourists come, like that's their heavy season or their busy season. Yeah, and I'm like, too much I wonder what that. they do. Like there was, there was some stuff about it. I, I didn't do like a super deep dive. No, it just is like, like Nessie, one but. of those things I'm curious about. Cause mm-hmm. I, you know, I read books about other places like even the islands in North Carolina or like Nantucket where, you know, most of the books I read are, are fiction, but they talk about people that live there year round. And I always wonder what that life's like. Yeah. It'd be interesting to find like out. This remote what, island. I mean, remote, but, you know, yeah. you said you have to fly your boat there. So kind of. Yeah. So there's six towns, Acre Town, Oak Bluffs, Tisbury or Vineyard Haven. West Tisbury, Chilmark, and Akina, formerly Gayhead. So I don't know if I pronounced that last one right, but the cost of living is 60% higher than the national average in Martha's Vineyard. That's so. no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so big bucks if you're wanting to stay in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Surprisingly, there are no vineyards on the island. Bartholomew Gosnold. That's a, quite the name. Yeah, a British sailor is thought to have named the island after his daughter Martha and the vine-like growth found along the coast. So this is, is, from what I was reading, there's not like a definitive reason for it being called Martha's Vineyard, but this is one of the reasons that they think it's called that. So jumping into like more of what's pertaining to the show with Oak Bluffs, one of the towns, it became a, a welcoming oasis for black travelers, travelers for many reasons. First off was Massachusetts was the first state to abolish slavery. So figures like Frederick Douglass, 
oh, secondly, figures like Frederick Douglass, the Obamas, and Spike Lee have spoken and stayed there. And until the 1960s, Oak Bluffs was the only town on the island that even welcomed black travelers and let them stay in like the hotels and stuff there. So then in 1912, Charles Shearer and Henrietta Merchant Shearer, tongue twister, uh, <laughs> opened the first black owned inn, Shearer's College. Cottage, not college. Jesus, if I can get my <laughs> words right today, I'm all over the freaking place. <laughs> so that's where a lot of black people would come and stay. This Shearer's Cottage. So in 2018, the National Museum of African American History in Washington, D.C. set up a permanent exhibit called The Power of Place, highlighting Oak Bluff's history of racial inclusion. It was also a part of the Underground Railroad which became officially recognized in October of 2020 by the National Park Service. It's also mentioned in Victor, the town is mentioned in Victor H. Green's The Negro Motorist Green Book as a safe space, namely the cottage in Oak Bluffs. So that's kind of like if you were traveling as someone who was black before like integration or, you know, black people really welcome anywhere. They had the green books and stuff like that so that people could know like where they could stop and where it was safe for them to stay and all of that. So, And lastly, its isolation from the mainland is a big characteristic, characteristic that people look for. Skip Finley, a prominent author, historian, and island resident, says you can forget all those other characterizations. You don't need that armor here on Martha's Vineyard over... In the rest of America, walking around the streets, making purchases, you have to be cognizant of the fact that you're black. If you're fishing and you come to Martha's Vineyard and you're black, that's not going to be an issue. When you get on a boat or plane to leave here, we call it going to America. So a little bit of history about Martha's Vineyard and why Oak Bluffs is really popular with the black community, especially and stuff. So. I think it's interesting like that they even created this show and just that there is kind of freedom for them to be like themselves, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. like the quote you just said, like there's freedom there to feel comfortable and to feel like you're really able to relax and vacation versus on Summer House. They've had multiple conversations, whether it was Danielle or Sierra and just how they felt as people of color in the Hamptons and always kind of feeling like they stood out versus feeling comfortable and welcome. So I'm interested to, to learn more about just like Martha's Vineyard and like what it's like to vacation there and to feel that safety versus in the Hamptons from the conversations that they've had. It's not that. And it is like they have felt like that it's glaring that they're one of the few people of color yeah, that are vacationing there. So Yeah. And I think that that's a cool thing about this show is that they do have the diversity just with having a predominantly black cast, especially coming off of a show like Summer House. And I guess Southern Charm kind of tried to do this with the New Orleans spinoff, but yeah, I don't know really how far that went or if they're even going to expand it. And we'll see if they expand this too. But yeah, it's cool to see them like being able to have spotlight and also it not being a show of like like I feel like they aren't just talking about 
them being black. Like it, it is, they do want to redefine like black excellence and stuff, which we'll get into at one point yeah. and everything, but it's not like, like you were saying, like they can just be themselves mm-hmm. on the show and like, it's just a group of friends getting together for yeah. a long stay. Right. And it's not like house. a surprise that they're black or they're not having to, you know, go through all these, all the things I feel like they would normally have to go through on a reality TV show mm-hmm. because their skin color is not an issue. So, yeah. So, definitely think that's cool. So, we can dive into the show a little bit. Yeah. So, we start off day one of 15. And the first thing I wrote is this mouse, this mouse, this house is massive. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's freaking crazy. It reminds <laughs> like, me, like, it's got the same vibe as the the Hamptons houses, like, just the outside look of it. Yeah. It's got the same. But it's huge. I feel like the one on Summer House. Oh, it's like not that big. Is, yeah, it's yeah. not that big. Like this no. one has like a pool house and a gym and just all kinds of stuff if they're going through it. Yeah, it was it was insane. Yeah. So it opens with Jasmine and Silas who are married. It looks like they got married in 2020. No. Honey? Or they June of June of 22. So they oh, said they were they really said they were married for 3 months before this Okay. Maybe they started dating in 2020. They met, yeah, they met at Oak Bluffs, but I'm not sure. I didn't write down when, but they've they've only, like at this point of like the the Mm. show, they've only been married for three months. Okay. Yeah, which definitely seems to show as they talk about things later, even at dinner and stuff. So if you hear our newborn in the back, he is just deciding he doesn't want to go to sleep. So. (laughs) Uh, boycotting it tonight. So bear with us. So it looks like Jasmine and Silas are hosting everyone. Like they look like they either invited friends or connected in some way to the other people that got invited. So yeah, and I wonder that are they are they the host or are they putting themselves in the place of like we're the host? I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't really clear. It no. looks. I just feel like with them being the first ones there, and Jasmine was like taking care of the caterer and all of that. Yeah. Um, it seemed like. And, and it a lot of the like connections was, were, yeah. were to her or to Silas. Yeah. Right. So, so we'll see. We need to draw like a map, yeah. you know, like put it up on a whiteboard and <laughs> how everyone's connected. I, yeah. I have a lot of that in my, in my notebook, but I feel like I need a bigger map. <laughs> yeah. And it, even with like the dog incident and stuff too, it was like, Oh, well, I wish I would have just had a heads up. So if even if she's not necessarily hosting, I feel like she was the one that was planning and she's taking making on that role. Happen. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Silas kind of talks a little bit about his background with Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. He says the first time he came was in 2013 as a college student and he had $50 in his pocket. So he's come a little bit from there. Mm-hmm. Army was. I wrote down this occupation. He's yeah, he's a finance army reservist and finance analyst. Uh huh. So. And Jasmine is a screenwriter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Preston shows up, and we find out that him and Silas are or were in a fraternity together. Alpha I don't Fi, Cal- think Alpha. I don't I don't think it's a were. I feel like when you're like yeah fraternity uh, brothers that you're yeah they're like, just in it forever. Yeah. Um, 
Well, yeah, I, like I mean, neither like, of us were in a sorority or fraternity, you know. <laughs> this but is true. It just feels like it's something that continues. Things that they were talking about because I just yeah, because they were their line brothers. Yeah, and I guess a rope were because it was like they were in college and in a fraternity together. But I agree. <laughs> but they have a secret handshake. The secret I, handshake. Yeah. <laughs> the, with like just the text overlay and like an arrow. Like yeah. the secret handshake. you don't see the handshake because nope. they're like, <laughs> they're definitely hiding it. So. Correct. And I looked up Alpha Phi Alpha and it's the oldest intercollegiate historically black fraternity. Mm-hmm. So. Which they mentioned that. Um, and later on, and Silas says something about the other guys, but we'll get to them. Yeah. They mentioned CP time. Do you know what CP time is? I figured I'd define I it. I know what CP time <laughs> <Okay>. is. Yeah. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> yep. Old color people time. Yeah. So moving on. The well, caterers. Is. Preston is an attorney. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. I have to remember that their occupations and yeah. stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That's important because they're all like young professionals. professionals and yeah. Entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the caterer shows up, and while this happening, Preston talks about how his plane was an eight passenger and it felt like World War One. I. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Why I'm not getting on that plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was tiny and he said he thought they were gonna get shot down at one point. So <laughs> next up, Bria shows up and she is a fashion entrepreneur. Yep. And don't forget who she brought with yeah, her. And she brought her dog Milo. Milo. <laughs> so Yep. And Jasmine The uninvited guest. It's definitely not about it. Bria says that Milo is her emotional support animal. Jasmine in her like interview is the truth booth. Yeah. <laughs> See, this one has like a truth booth vibe too. Yeah. I think they actually call it truth booth in this one though. Oh. So it just makes me think of the real world. We can just so. call it truth booth. Yeah. Let's do it. <clears throat> so she's not having it at all. But I feel like, and this will be something later when we get into their whole argument or whatever. But at like to Bria, she's like, oh, yeah, we're going to support you through that kind of deal. And mm-hmm. so like doesn't exactly voice like her concern or anything like that. Off the bat. So, I feel like that's an issue in itself, but... Yeah, she kind of lets her, like, go on with the evening. She just makes some faces and doesn't ask for clarity, like, in the moment. Yeah. So, Jasmine also talks about how she met Bria, and This part was really interesting to me. Yeah. So, she met Bria along with Jordan and Shanice, who we haven't met yet, Mm -hmm. when they were Playboy Bunnies together. And she's not as close as close to Bria, but Shanice wanted to invite Bria to the house. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did. Th- I think that was interesting as well that they were all Playboy bunnies together and stuff too. And I mean, I don't know what's entailed in it, but I don't Jordan either. Jordan gets and <laughs> seems to get into it and gets pretty frustrated about it later on. Yeah. Well, Jasmine also mentions. Well, I may maybe it wasn't. It was one of them. I can't remember who mentioned this part, but they said there's not a lot of black Playboy bunnies. So mm-hmm. they kind of banded together and became friends in that. And then they've continued to be friends. Yeah. And they're coming to the house together. Yeah. Bria then talks about her German man named Simon. <laughs> and it sounds like, yeah, it kind of sounds like they're getting engaged or are already engaged. I, they're not already engaged. I think she thinks it's heading in that direction. Yeah. And so she is almost like speaking about him as if they are. And that frustrates Jasmine. Yeah. Jasmine definitely alluded to the fact that Bria falls falls fast, but Mm -hmm. moves on fast. So 
and they met at the Cannes Film Festival. And I was yeah. like, this just sounds fancy. Yeah. And Bria looks pretty fancy. Even in her, like, hymns and all of that, she just got, like, the sleeves and stuff that kind of remind me of, like, Aubrey Hepburn and stuff, too. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, she's a fashion entrepreneur. So, yeah, she yeah. is, like, about her fashion yeah. and about, like, how she's styling herself. Yeah. So, we'll see what transpires with Simon because it looks like he's supposed to be showing up at some point, too. So, which is going to be wild. He's coming from Germany? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then we jump to Shanice and Jordan talking on the phone on the way there in the car. And I guess mainly Jordan is who we see. Shanice is on the, the phone. Yeah. yeah. And Shanice says she may sleep with someone because she's due for some penis. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> she is ready to mingle. Oh, my um, gosh. Well. Good, because Jasmine needs somebody to live vicariously through, I think. Yeah. Well, Jordan says that Jasmine can be better crackerish. So, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like, I don't I feel like the whole dynamic between all of them is interesting because I feel like Jasmine is definitely kind of the more stuck up one of the group. And well, it's very like a, like you can tell they've spent a lot of time together because mm-hmm. they've got some like sister vibes of, I love you, but you annoy me. Right. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of that. So, after that, we go back to the house. Wait. And, oh. Oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I thought you were getting into Jordan. You, you're not. Go ahead. Yeah, we go back to the house. Nick and Alex show up. Alex knows Jasmine from being a creative in Brooklyn. I don't. He didn't really. Dive yeah, too I didn't much really get that. that. I was like, okay. Yeah, just kind of showed a picture of them standing on some lawn or okay, something. I literally so. just wrote knows uh, Jasmine from Brooklyn. I feel like yeah. that's not a small like. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot to dive into with that, but we'll leave it there. Yeah, um, okay. And then Nick the dating is scene? His, I don't know. Anyways. Nick is Alex's fraternity brother, mm-hmm. and they're Kappas. So that was like a little bit of frat beef going on between <laughs> them and Silas and Preston. Silas so. was like, they need to thank us. Yeah. Because the, they were in the first black fraternity. So. Right. Alex talks about how he likes to be clean, so he's vegan and pretty much little to no drinking like his whole regimen that he walked through i didn't care to write it i down, just wrote so. down vegan yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all i needed yeah, to know there's a lot going on there yeah um, i was like this is gonna be a big part of his personality got it yeah and then they start walking around to look at rooms and stuff and nick talks about how his wardrobe is the most extensive yeah and, extensive yeah <laughs> not to be confused with expensive <laughs> Oh, their occupation. So yes. Alex is an advertising creative director and Nick is a sports brand manager and stylist. So him being a stylist is no surprise that he's also very fashionable. Yeah. And do you have any other notes about them? Nope. Not about. Nope. I okay. think yeah. I feel like the intros were pretty quick. Like they had some good pacing at the beginning because mm-hmm. there was a. Crap load of other stuff that happened in the rest of the episode. I mean, there's so much happening in this episode. Yeah. So next, Amir shows up, and he is a real estate agent. And he's from Austin, Texas, and is connected through Nick. He lets us know that he's half black, half Lebanese, and he was raised by his Lebanese family and feels like he wants to connect more with his black side. Mm-hmm. So then Jordan shows up after that. Silas calls her Jasmine's party friend, and there's a little spice in that statement. Jasmine he, refers to her as her sister cousin. 
Yeah. I, I wrote that down later on, I think. And I was, I guess they I'm said it multiple times. Yeah. Like uh, Jasmine said it and then Jordan said it. So yeah. it must be how they refer to each other. I need to look that up because I've never heard it and I don't know where the, where that came from. I feel like it's like probably more like in the black community where she's saying like, oh, that's my sister, my sister cousin. Like we're really close. Not that they're actually sisters. Well, like that they're actually related, but yeah. they just have that really tight bond. Yeah, that makes sense. It just when I hear sister along with anything else, I always just immediately jump to sister wives in my mind. So no, I think this that, is just a uh, yeah. I think this yeah. is just saying, hey, we're we're really really tight. Yeah, that makes sense. So then they're walking around getting a tour, and the house has its own gym. So everybody seems to be pretty excited about that. You didn't get into Jordan at all. Well, like her job and stuff. Jordan? Oh, I, th- oh, I did. I wrote down it, I wrote down some stuff after like her and Amir meet next. Oh, um, gotcha. I was going to say, I have all this. I was like, there's yeah. a lot about Jordan yeah, that you just a, skipped over. She's a model and a DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then after the whole gym thing, Jordan and Amir meet and there's an obvious connection there. And so then Jordan kind of gets into her background a little bit. She says she's the fourth black playmate of the year. She said they saved the best for last. Yeah, in the very last. So do they not do playmates anymore? I don't know. I didn't do as much research as oh, Amir you didn't. did. Because <laughs> um, Amir was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> he creeped her. Yeah, he did his research and I'm pretty sure he looked up her Playboy stuff. And now oh, he I'm just wants sure. To, now he just wants to hook up. That's the kind of the vibe I got from oh Amir. Oh my gosh. Uh, did oh. his homework. Yeah, yeah. What other research are you doing about Jordan over there? Mm-hmm. Amir, so. Call it what you want. Yeah. We what else what did saying. you have about Jordan? No, that was it. That That she, like, she was also part of the uh, the group that was a playboy bunny and they all met that way but she was also a playmate so i i thought that was i mean that's a big deal like not mm-hmm. every one of these gets to be a playmate right so the fact that she was the fourth black playmate and then also the very last i thought that was i mean that's a high honor i would say as a model yeah for sure um next mariah shows up um uh, her and jasmine met freshman year and she was in an arm cast <laughs> And it, Jasmine walked like, up and gave her a high five. <laughs> she hit her in the arm. Like, yeah, I probably would have been a little pissed too. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like they got over it. Mariah is a nurse and screenwriter. And it looks like her and Jasmine do some work together. She only knows Jasmine, Silas, Preston, and Jordan. And doesn't seem to be someone whose bad side you want to be on. Because no. she alluded to the fact that she was going to not have a good time if someone gave her some smoke or something so yeah <laughs> i was intimidated <laughs> yeah she is, all I gotta say. she looks like she handles business and mm-hmm. doesn't play games nope. so nick amir and alex are playing pool next and amir quote-unquote calls dibs on jordan which to me seemed like a bad move like well he's like i'm here for jordan like yeah. this is bachelor like yeah. bachelor in paradise yeah and if they're we're calling dibs claim. on someone yeah. then i got jordan and it's like well doesn't seem like Jordan wants dibs called on her at all. No, but. I would say no woman wants that. Yeah. So, like, what, like, do I not get to say in yeah. this at all? That's what I was saying. Amir, he just, he did his research and he just basically wants to hook up and and then Alex on. is yeah, having his summer fling. Yeah, and his ITM is saying, like, Amir doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> exactly. And so, 
Preston goes in to the truth booth and says he's been <laughs> noticing some stuff between Amir and Jordan. Nick says Amir is shooting his shot and confesses that he has feelings for Jordan, but he's trying not to show that he's pursuing her. So Jordan reveals that Nick slid into her DMs and she put him on restrict because he was a lot. Yeah, she's not interested. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She so says she got tired of the hard eyes and the fire emojis. Yeah. 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 Basically so, on her modeling photos. And so, yeah. So Amir, Alex, and Nick are all interested in Jordan at the moment. Yeah. Well, I didn't put that Alex was like, he didn't show as I think the other two were just so obviously mm, in her. Got it. So I don't know where Alex sits currently. Like, I think he like, obviously likes them, her. Like, if he's sitting back and he's like, I'm going to let them, like, shoot their shots, fail, yeah. and then I'll swoop in. Yeah. Which would probably, probably be, a smarter be move. yeah, pretty smart, <laughs> yeah. honestly. They've got 15 days here. Like, let's not. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. I think Amir and Nick are definitely going to try too hard. So, mm-hmm. we go to dinner. and Which, what was that? Because it looked fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean, she got a personal chef to come there. Yeah, I was like, can I have some? Her name was Lacey. That was the caterer. So, and everybody was talking about how, of course, Jasmine got a caterer kind of deal and stuff, too. So, so we're at dinner. It did look really good. Mm -hmm. And Amir's talking about his background a little bit and shows that he can speak Arabic, which I also thought was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. He said that everyone at the table seemed to think it was cool as well. And... He just says that no one's ever been turned on by that. So, but that's it, interesting. I yeah. wonder if he really has like, you know, the hard facts on that. Cause I feel like it's like an intellectual thing. Yeah. Like that he is able to speak another language normally is something that women are like, oh, like that's pretty cool. Not, they're not like, oh my gosh, I want to jump your bones right now because you can do that. <laughs> but it's speak something that, to me. yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. But it's something that like makes him in like, like more of a dynamic person being able to speak multiple languages. So he shouldn't, you know, sell himself so short on that. Yeah. And I wonder how much like he's actually showing people that he can speak Arabic as well. Like how much other people are actually trying to get to know him like Mm -hmm. they are on the show. So I think that's probably also something that might be different, but I don't know. But he goes into how he didn't know he's dead and felt the African-American side was missing. He didn't learn about his hair or skin until he was almost 24. So I actually resonated pretty a lot with this because I wasn't taught these things either growing up. And I still feel like you are learning how you want to do your hair. Yeah. Yeah. I So I'm mixed. My mom is black and then my dad is was German with blonde hair, green eyes, and he was white. And so my stepdad growing up, He just buzzed my hair basically until like I was like 14. So there was never any chance to even know what my hair can do because it was always like pretty much like Amir was saying, it was always a one on the clippers. So the first chance I got to grow a fro after I was like 15 or 16 when they weren't around anymore, I did immediately, but I didn't know how to take care of it. So it was just kind of a dry fro. (laughs) (laughs) So as I probably say for me, it was probably around when I was like 26, 27 that I actually started learning how to take care of my hair. And it was actually like going to the barbershop and talking to people and asking yeah. them like, what should I put in it? How should I take care of it? 
should I comb it? Should I do these things? So <laughs> no, um, you should not comb it. Yeah. So, but like since we we've been together, I've also encouraged. I like your hair long, so I've encouraged you not to cut it. And then you did cut it all off one time. It was very sad. <laughs> so yeah. I encourage you to keep the curls and and continue to learn how how you like it. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely resonated with what he was talking about and definitely understand kind of that feeling of like something's missing and I want to understand it more, but I don't know where to get help and all that. So, yeah. So then Jasmine starts talking about black excellence and how each year they go to the vineyard is for a purpose. <laughs> but Mariah and the truth was, tells <laughs> us so that Jasmine amazing. has only been to the vineyard twice. She's like, <laughs> so. this is only the second time. <laughs> yeah. So, well, she acts like she's just been coming to the vineyard for years. Yeah, like she's and like... she just wants to expand the community. Yeah, like, very like... Oh, we're, very we're diplomatic. Now, so we have to be very like, we're doing this for our ancestors, you know, yeah. and all of that. So, this is what our ancestors would have wanted. Yeah. Which is and, probably not false, but it's like how she does it that makes me laugh. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was very much like, I'm going to make a statement to the table. She does this multiple times where... It's like this has to be a really formal conversation yeah, instead of it, just flowing and having a natural conversation. Yeah. And I think that everyone else kind of feels like, why are we doing this? Yeah. And especially later on. There, Do we need to have topics? I was like, cringing hard for it with some of the things that she did throughout the episode. But yeah. Preston actually speaks up and talks about redefining black excellence, which this I think I, good. I agreed with him on and stuff too. And not just like thinking of black excellence in the way of like, I'm. Um, trying to impress white people yeah like uh, this is what what white people would consider successful instead it's this is what is successful because i feel like that is like relative like what you decide is successful instead of saying yeah. this is the only thing that can be successful because this is what white people say is successful mm -hmm. yeah like definitely redefining success and and making it your own and not just trying to chase someone else's success which I think is a general rule for everyone, but definitely for yeah, he, black people too. He uh, says he hates the term in general and yeah. that like to him, his mom is black excellence and <laughs> what she did to raise him. So, yeah. And I agree with that. And I think it definitely has become like a cliche thing. And, you know, it's, it's almost become like a, not as bad as woke, but I feel like woke is one of those things that, started out in the black community and meant one thing and now like it's being weaponized against black people yeah so i was gonna say too so yeah, it's like used against yeah so it's like how can we diminish the value of this term and i feel like black excellence has become that too like oh let's put this in the box like oh you're we're celebrating black excellence and then that way people can put you in this little block of uh, this box and say oh you did it and pat yeah. you on the head but this really is the only thing that can be seen as that and it's yeah. like no like you to my in my opinion anyone from the outside doesn't get to dictate what black excellence is yeah and so i think that's what even preston was getting at is there's like you said there's been like parameters that like this is what it means and you have to fit within this and you have to succeed in this way in order to be considered black excellence and i think that's why he's like we need to break down those walls and redefine and, and allow for the person or even for like the black community to say, this is what is black excellence to me. Yeah. Cause I feel like it, 
it almost like gets these parameters put on it too of like or if you try to step out of what we think is black excellence or if you like make a mistake yeah because i think about like the occupations that people think black people should fit into like oh you should be a rapper or you should be a basketball basketball or football player of some sort but if you try to do anything else or think on your own or you know try to make a difference in a big way or stand up for something then that part's not okay that's quote-unquote woke is you know some of these crazy fools would say but yeah so i thought it was i thought it ended up being a good conversation like this ended up going well i think even though like jasmine when she started it i was like oh my god like i would want to leave the table but i think you would have just not said anything you would have sat there if she would have started the conversation (laughs) like that yeah i would have definitely been somewhere else what do you want to get out of this summer (laughs) nothing to so, leave this table, that's what I want. Then Bria seems upset about Jasmine talking about the other guys because she's in a serious relationship. So this is after dinner. Well, I so. would be, yeah, I would be upset with this too. Like, oh, so you're not interested in any of the men? No, I told you that I'm in a relationship already. Yeah. So why would I also be interested in the men that are here? Yeah. And that's why I was saying earlier, I think Jasmine wants to live vicariously through someone. And so she's like trying to hook people up. Like, you know, she's the married one now. So how do I hook up Bria with someone? Like this mother role. Yeah. And they are not asking for that. (laughs) No, (laughs) at all. Um, I don't think anyone wants her help like that. And I think with her and Silas only being married for like three months to like the rest of the group is probably like, you know, they're excited for them, but it doesn't change their view of them, especially because it seems like a lot of them knew them before they mm-hmm. were married and they knew Jasmine for a lot longer, which they get into later too. But but yeah, I thought like Jasmine telling or asking Bria if she was interested in any other guys when they just had a conversation about what's the guy's name? Sam? Simon. Uh, Simon. Jeez, I need to have like a sticky on the side with that's what i told things. you we need to draw the map <laughs> yeah. on the wall yeah when yeah she just talked to her about how serious she was about simon like i feel like it was kind of rude to even do that oh, yeah. and just like like be excited for her that she's with simon so so then we go to the hot tub and they're playing playing drink dare or truth that's what they called it but <laughs> I was like, shouldn't it be truth or dare or drink or something? Yeah, was, I didn't yeah, I understand the name of it. I think they were. They were making it up tipsy. as they went. Yeah. So then I wrote down the different things. So we have Nick dares Amir to kiss a woman that he finds attractive. So Amir kisses Jordan's hand. Which um, was sweet. Yeah. It wasn't pushy. It was just. Then someone gives hand. the same dare to Alex. Yeah, I couldn't figure. Kisses, I didn't hear who that was. He kisses Jordan's cheek a little bit yeah. more and jordan talks about in her grill. she's upset yeah in the truth booth she talks about how she's upset because she would rather uh, someone ask her a question and get to know her not just acknowledge that she's cute yeah that was i mean that's good because she's like i know i'm pretty like i don't right. need you to tell me that i'm pretty but i want you to get to know me as a person right like and like you were saying earlier like she was a playmate so yeah. like she is like been recognized in that realm in her look and yeah like that's probably the only thing that men even come to her for and i think like 
especially like Amir talking about things earlier, like that's all he's looking for. Like, I don't think he's actually trying to get to know Jordan. And she's not going to be interested in someone who's only interested in her for her looks is what it, it very much sounds like. Yeah. Next, Mariah is there to give Nick a lap, lap dance by Preston. And Preston is talking about the truth because how he wants to see Mariah loosen up. And then, like, this is not the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like I would be a Mariah where I'm just like, oh, okay, you know, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Nick, I mean, Nick sets himself up oh like he's going to get like an hour long lap dance or something like he that. He does. He sits up on the chair, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. And Mariah basically shakes her butt and goes back to the. Yeah. The she's a little like booty bounce. And then yeah. she's like, okay, see you later. Uh, that like, if someone told me to give a lap dance to someone that I don't know that well, that's not going to help me loosen up. Maybe I need like a couple glasses of wine. Yeah. And she already said that she wasn't going to fool with anybody else in the house okay. that she didn't know anyway. So Alex is there to sing a song by Jasmine. So, and we, oh, I thought it was Bria. I wrote Bria. I could very much be wrong. Either well, way. Yeah. I, they're dared. I had to rewind a couple times the, See who it was. See who it was. Yeah. Gotcha. We found out that his cousin is John Legend. <laughs> so uh, so obviously he does great. And and then it all ends. Yeah. They all freak out because a frog gets in the water. <laughs> so everyone jumps out except for Alex, who seemingly gets the frog out of the hot tub. But everybody's tired and ready to go to bed at that point. So did you get did you get what Preston said at that point? I didn't write it down. Oh but my gosh, I wrote it down. Something like when, yeah, he said is, it is black for it. it, it what do you, let me see. It is black for when you see somebody running, you just run. I ain't going <laughs> to ask no questions. We're yeah. going to figure it out once we reach the 50 yard line. <laughs> yep. And that's <laughs> definitely what happened on that end. So, yeah. I mean, I, I would probably be the same way, though. If someone starts screaming and getting out of the hot tub, I'm also screaming and getting out of the hot tub. I'm not asking any <laughs> questions. I am getting out of there, and then I will ask questions. Yeah. So, I don't know. It seemed like they had fun, and it was like a good icebreaker, but I don't know. These games are always like, I'd rather go sit in the house or read a book or something than... That's not the point that. of this. <laughs> <laughs> the point of this whole thing is for them to hang out. That's why you wouldn't be invited to this show because yeah, yeah, you be would never be around. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. No, they uh, they would you know like how they have the cameras in the rooms. It would be like jumping around to the different cameras, and then it would jump to the camera of you just sitting in the room like reading a book. <laughs> like, wow, I have fifteen days. How many books can I read in fifteen days? <laughs> it's like uh, what's that show on Netflix with that guy, the one that's you sure about that? That guy. Oh, uh, he was. I don't know what that's called. Uh, there was a segment. And he was on a dating show, and the girl, it's the elimination. Oh. And the girl's like, I feel like you're only here for the zip line. <laughs> and it shows clips of him just on the freaking zip line <laughs> all day long. <laughs> just over and over. <laughs> Even during the pool party and during the, yeah. oh, during the rose, no, during the, co- the cocktail party. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think you'd be yeah. really good at the circle. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah. Just sitting you in probably, the room by myself. And yeah. Like, Faking people out on the video chats. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could do that. And you could get a lot of books done there too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of alone time. You'd yeah. thrive. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Moving on to day two of 15. So we see everybody's morning routine, which is mostly still sleeping. Nick is up and it looks like he's up for a run. <laughs> and he's like cleaning up the kitchen. So, I mean, he's ready to go. Morning bird. 
Silas <laughs> says he has a 9 a.m. call. So we learn a little bit more about his background and that his family immigrated from Liberia when he was eight to escape the Civil War. So I thought that, that was interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he talks about like he works for his family and how he works hard. And like any time that he gets off, he's doing the Army Reserve. So very hardworking and seems to like have a lot of goals and stuff that he wants to reach for, mm-hmm. especially like immigrating from Liberia when he was so young. Uh, I'm sure that played a big part into like his work, that work ethic and all that too. So next everyone's having coffee and getting some workout slash free time in. And Mariah talks about how in 2017, Jasmine called her to come to New York because she was getting evicted. So. No, she. That's not what. So, Jasmine invited Mariah to New York, and then when Mariah got there, she found out that well, Jasmine yeah. was being Jasmine evicted. Was, Jasmine invited her because she was getting evicted. So that doesn't make any sense, though. It's like, hey, come here. Yeah. Like, come hang out with me. You know, come stay with me. Actually, we don't have anywhere to stay. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a house. So they lived out of her. They lived out of their car. But Mariah's car, I believe. Yeah, a ramen. And took showers at Planet Fitness, and you know um, that life too. Yeah, the I was Planet say, Fitness. I actually life. wrote down. I've done this before. I lived in my car. I, I mean, I didn't eat ramen because I didn't have a place to stay. But I like lost takeout and all that. Yeah, wild times. But they ended up turning their experience into a show, which I thought was really cool. Like, yeah, they, I'm they, interested in seeing the yeah. show. I didn't. It's called Eviction Notice. Yeah, I didn't recognize like the network that it was on, but it would be cool to find it and. Were they, they were starring in the show too, weren't they? In the pilot that they showed, yes. Yeah. But I don't know if like they will be, if that was just trying to show the pilot or what. Yeah. So I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool that they turned that around and like use their experience and turn it into something. Man, I'm trying to Google it over here and I'm just getting like, this is what happens if you get an eviction notice. <laughs> 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 yeah. Not what I want. Not what I wanted. Oh my gosh. Um, well, while you look that up, I'll move on to the next. Yeah, part. go ahead. Because uh, so I'm not. I'm not doing well. Essentially, they talk about wanting to go and do some screenwriting and work on things while everyone else is out of the pool and such. So they go inside. They go sit on the couch, and then they see dog hair on the couch. And then they look outside, and Milo is also swimming in the pool. Oh my so, gosh! <laughs> just. Oh, Wild. The dog was also at the table when they were eating dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Milo is living the dream, staying in Martha's Vineyard and just probably eating up all the food. Like, I'm sure Bria doesn't feed him dog food. He just eats like a king from the table. So, I mean, he's a little dog and he's not a not cute dog. Like, we're both dog people. But I understand the thought of or the idea that you don't have this plan to have a dog there. And now all of yeah. a sudden there's a dog there. Yeah, you're going like, on vacation and you think you're just hanging out with people. And well, you're also like. You got to worry about dog hair. Everywhere. Yeah, and I'm sure they're renting. Yeah. So Jasmine may have that like weight on her shoulders of we're renting from someone. Yeah. And, and I think this is. It a, might not even be in the contract. someone named Connor, I think it was, or something like that. So I wonder if that's who they're renting the house from. Maybe. So Jasmine, let's. Bria know like she calls outside and says that Milo's shedding everywhere and Bria says I don't know what to do about it so which was not a great answer (laughs) 
No, not at all. And I don't know what you can do about it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> offer something. Yeah. Like, you can clean it up. I feel like that's one thing. But Yeah, like, hey, I'll vacuum or, oh, let me get a lint roller for the furniture. Yeah. Or I'll try to keep him, like, if he's on the furniture, it'll only be in my room. Whatever. Just something. Yeah. I'm sure we're probably going to make people upset that may have emotional support dogs. But if you bring your dog on vacation or something like that, where there's going to be other people who aren't used to having dogs or something like that, I think it's just good to like give a, a heads up. up. Is always yeah. good, yeah. And like, like I I lived with a roommate where she had a dog and I didn't, but she was so good about taking care of her dog, taking care of her home. She vacuumed frequently. Like I, the dog didn't come in my room. I didn't have to worry about the dog's hair being on literally everything because she did a great job of cleaning up after him. So I feel like that's all they're really asking. Yeah, I agree. And I think that I don't know what she would have done if someone was like allergic or something like that. Yeah, I always wonder about that too, which uh, I don't know about any, any, you know, background about the dog. Yeah, it seems like everybody's, she walks around, but I'm skipping around. So then she says, I don't know what to do about it. Mariah asks, Jasmine, if Bria mentioned anything about bringing the dog, and after Jasmine says no, Mariah goes out and calls Bria in with her and Jasmine to basically confront the situation, which I thought was a good move, just because like yeah, like let's have a conversation Jasmine about this. Jasmine kept saying all this stuff like in the truth booth, and Mariah's like, okay, let's nip this in the bud, yeah, and actually talk to this girl. So Jasmine accuses Bria of not picking up dog poop and mm-hmm. well, they actually show a clip <laughs> that she did pick it up it's like in the morning Bria dog poop yeah there's arrows mm-hmm. to all the things and then Bria tells Jasmine that she's being insensitive and that there aren't going to be any boundaries and which that was I understand that it is her emotional support animal and that that is the reason that it's there. But to say that there won't be any boundaries, like you're not the only person in the house. That's not fair. Right. No, I agree. I think that like that was something, but I think that she got overwhelmed and then left the room. So yeah, there was a lot of, definitely a lot of miscommunication here. And I think that Bria should have given her heads up at the end of the day. It would have yeah. like probably solved a lot of problems. And I would be, I would be the person like I would be more like Jasmine where Coming into a situation, I'm expecting one thing and something else happens that throws me off. I get a little overwhelmed and like, why did I not know about this? Why does someone not tell? She, I I feel like she has the weight on her shoulder, like I said, of the home and keeping it nice and kind of taking care of it or, you know, whatever. Are they, are they even supposed to have animals in the home? I'm sure she's carrying all that. So I feel like I would be more that way. I wouldn't have wanted to handle it that way with someone. And she continues to not handle it great. But I I would be kind of upset about the dog as well. Yeah. Uh, I love dogs. It's uh, not the dog's fault. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And I think, I think on the other side, Jasmine should have communicated how she actually felt when Bria showed up with the dog. Like mm-hmm. even if it was like pulling her aside. Or something like, hey, because then about this. Yeah. they showed the clip from when Bria showed up and Jasmine was like, Oh yeah, we can support you through that when she mentioned it being an emotional support dog. So I feel like communication wasn't great on her end either of 
actually like getting ahead of the situation. I don't know if anyone could hear that. So I'm just going to say <laughs> the baby's tooting over here. So if you heard it, it's the baby. <laughs> I could hear it and I'm like, oh man, I'm just going to call it out. Anyways, well, life of the newborn. There you go. So yeah, I just think that like there was a lot of miscommunication, especially because Jasmine was having conversations with Priya about other things, yeah. relationships and all of that. Not trying so, to hook her up. Like they could have had a conversation about the dog. And I think that it probably would have been fine. But now that is happening and Mariah kind of is driving the conversation. Yeah. Then it, I feel like that makes Jasmine look bad. So, yeah. Well, I'd also like Jasmine kind of mocked Bria about it being like an emotional support dog and stuff. And I mm-hmm. did not like that. Yeah. I was like, that's not going to help. Yeah. So I think that, that's why Bria ends up getting overwhelmed by the whole situation and walking out of the room anyway. She probably felt ganged up on, too, because then Preston came in and was like, oh, yeah, Jasmine just wanted a heads up. And, I mean, she was ganged up on. Like, that is yeah. the reality of it. So she just left. And I don't know how well she knows anyone else other than Jasmine and Jordan and Shanice. So, yeah. And in that moment. Shanice isn't even there yet. Yeah. And Jordan wasn't in there. So yeah. she may have just felt like I'm the odd one out. I'm just going to well, take my leave. After that, she gets up and walks around and starts asking other people <laughs> if they have any problems with the dog mm-hmm. um, at that point. And everybody else seems fine with it. So I think that it was like, it just could have been handled better overall. Yeah. And no one else would wasn't. say that they didn't like the dog either. Or that oh, they yeah, were especially uncomfortable she, with the dog. She, she came storming in her jammies yeah. and <laughs> <with> <laughs> her carrying jammies the, dog. the dog. How do you feel about <laughs> the dog? What do you think about my dog? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's also part of it. But. Mm-hmm. All the same, like, situation could have been handled better, and it wasn't. So, yeah, we jumped to Mariah telling us that she's a single mom. Her son's name is Miliano, and Jasmine is his godmother. While she's at the vineyard, Miliano is staying with his father and Mariah's mom. Mm-hmm. And he looks just like her. Yep. <laughs> He's a cute kid. Next, Bria is seen FaceTiming Simon, the German boyfriend, convinced about the interaction with Jasmine. And he said, I wrote down here that he says he's coming soon. So there. So okay. we're going to see Simon at some point show up at the house. And I think that that's would be interesting. also going to be a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if she's even mentioned that either. So I feel like that's going to go to also oh my cause gosh, more drama. Probably not. I didn't even he didn't think tell us about, about the dog. That. He didn't tell us about the boyfriend, the white boyfriend at that. So oh man, yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe do you think that's why Jordan wants to hook Bria up with one of the guys in there? Because maybe she. You mean wondered. Jasmine? Oh, I'm so yeah. Jeez, um, J names, Jasmine. Yeah, because Jasmine doesn't want Bria to be with a white man. It's possible. I just just a thought, and that we don't have to like go into it. We can see kind of how it plays out, but yeah, definitely a thought. Yeah, we'll see what they end up doing with that. But next, we see Alex and Amir are throwing the football outside. Jordan joins Jordan joins them. They ask about her dating life, and she she mentions that she's been celibate for last year because. People seem to just want to be with her because of her being a Playboy bunny. Yeah, so it's that same. Yeah, that same. Amir is shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Devastated. He's like, oh no. Yeah. And Alex is 
total opposite. He's like, I think that's so beautiful. I've done that before. In my yeah. Life. And <laughs> just very like vibing over the whole thing. I told um, you, he's like, I'm going to let these men fail and then swoop in. Yeah. Yeah. Amir, he was like, this is a no go for me. Yeah. So, Amir has one thing in mind. Yeah. And just I feel like it. he recovers from this though quickly and like continues to still pursue her, probably hoping that he can still get some. So. I don't know. He's probably going to fall I want to hope better for Amir that he's not just trying to get some, but you're a man, so you probably can read it better than me. Yeah, I think it's like two separate things. Like, I think that he's trying to get some, and I don't necessarily see him as like a, a sleaze ball or anything, but I do think that he is trying to get some, just like Shanice was talking about, she was due for some penis. I think Amir feels like he needs to get some vagina. So... <laughs> So that seems to be the thing. They want some summer loving. Summer loving. <laughs> yeah. That should have been our song. Yeah. <laughs> Too late. Maybe for the next episode. I'll okay. Yeah. Okay. So then we jump to Bria sitting on the couch with, I put compression boots. I don't know what the heck those are, but they look like they yeah. help with like circulation or something like that. It was like some type of physical therapy or something. Yeah. Did they say Alex brought those or Nick? Oh, I don't, I didn't write it down. One of them. I feel like it was Dick that was putting them on her, but I could be Um, wrong. And so Jasmine walks in and starts telling Preston that she's still really in the conversation from earlier, not even seeing Bria on the couch. Didn't even look around. (laughs) You're just coming in, talking about somebody, and which, not great to start with, but you're coming in. And you're talking about her, and she's literally right there on the couch. Yeah. In plain view. And what makes it worse is that Bria lets her know that she's right there. Oh, my gosh. And Jasmine's whole attitude. She yeah. Switches. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know yeah. you were there. Oh, what do you got on your legs over there? Oh, such and such brought that. I'm next. Like, yeah. Like, very, she like, tried oh to God. recover, yeah. and there was no recovering. There yeah. was none. Yeah. So, then Jasmine sits down and, quote, unquote, apologizes. But in the truth booth, she tells us that she's still triggered and that because of her experiences of living in the car and all that stuff, that she feels like she needs to get into fight mode about different things. So it it makes it seem like they actually are like communicating about it a little bit more because it's more one on one. But I don't think anything's actually settled. After yeah, that. I agreed with Brio that I didn't feel like it was a genuine apology. I felt yeah. like it was forced because she got caught. Oh, yeah. About it. Oh, so, yeah. Like. She was obviously just going there and meaning to talk to Preston about the whole thing. And then. Yeah, she wanted to continue to gossip about it for yeah, sure. Because it was like, oh crap, she's here. I better say something nice. Mm-hmm. And then use these compression boots. So. <laughs> the compression boots. So, yeah. They help with circulation, I think. Next, we jump to dinner and all white they're wearing all white to dinner oh yeah yeah i did i wrote down that the apparel thing was very nice so well jasmine i believe it was jasmine in the kitchen she was like we're gonna wear all white somebody oh, I asked missed, and she i think that. i missed it but yep. it's a great idea they all looked very fresh they so, did so in the car on the way to dinner they actually, I actually wrote that down the, i wrote down what did i put oh mariah and jordan's outfits i loved them yeah they were both great so in the car on the way to dinner, they talk about the history of the vineyard a little bit. So mm-hmm. kind of covering some of the things that I covered. Uh, I think they talked a little bit about the slaves and stuff. And they did. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Mariah says that that slaves actually went to Martha's Vineyard in order to be free. So you mentioned the Underground Railroad. So I think that's what she was referring to when she said that. Yeah, especially because Massachusetts was the first state to abolish slavery. Mm -hmm. So um, sure, that made a big difference. So they get to the restaurant. I looked it up and it's called Fish. And it's a seafood restaurant in Vineyard Haven. Um, And the food looked fantastic. So, Well, they mentioned pork belly and, you know, I would have been ordering that. Yeah. Everything going on, I was like, I need to go to this place. So, <laughs> looked very good. So then Amir, of course, I asked Jordan if she's cold and gives. Oh my God, this was so cheesy. Yeah, gives her his jacket, and I wrote, "I'm thoroughly confused by him because you know he was talking about how the celibacy was a deal breaker, and then you know he's still trying to shoot his shot with mm-hmm. her. So, uh, so we'll see what ends up happening with their. Relationship. I think it's just yeah, and I think it's because. She's the person in the house right now that he's interested in. So if someone else comes in or if he meets someone, I think that might change. But right now he just has like his sights really set on her mm-hmm. and he's just going to continue to pursue that. Yeah. One thing he talked about when he was talking about like his heritage and stuff too was when he would like <clears throat> cut his hair and stuff like he, nobody was pursuing him, but then he like, he got his fade and like all these people are kind of, coming after him now and stuff too and i wonder if there's kind of that chase aspect to this because jordan is probably in his mind playing hard to get and i think that's like what i'm seeing from him at the Mm -hmm. moment it's like oh she's not like showing that she's super interested and maybe he's somebody that like when he does something like it comes easily in his mind so so there's probably a challenge aspect to it, but I don't know. That's just me digging into it. But there you get to talking, and Jordan says that she's going to make a potato when she gets home, like a baked potato. So I was like, what? <laughs> you're at this restaurant, and you're like, I just can't wait to get home and make a potato. Yeah, potatoes my favorite food. And I'm like, they don't have potatoes at the restaurant? Yeah, they probably have it in like seven different ways, honestly. Yeah, so she just really wanted a baked potato. A when baked she home. potato. So this next part was... This was the cringy part to me. Jasmine asked the single oh people at the table if there are any prospects for them. And this, this was, just felt hella awkward to me. This was Vanessa from the Ultimatum. <laughs> yeah. Right here in this moment. It was definitely was Vanessa same, from the Ultimatum. The same um, moment. Yeah, I just, who are you interested in? I just put, nope. like, why would you ask that? And people at the table, too, like, Alex was like, just let us be. Right. Like, who asked that? Like, the whole point is that they're trying to get to know each other. And if they want to pursue something, that is up to them. But Jasmine is, and I don't, I don't understand this because I am not one of those married people that are trying to like set people up all the time. Yeah. But or when I was, when they're going to get pregnant. Yeah. But when I was a single person, a lot of people were like this of like, oh, like, so are you dating anybody? Or, oh, are you interested in anybody? Oh my gosh, you're interested in him. Oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, I I don't want your help in that way. That's not really supportive. And so just calling them out and asking them to say it in front of everybody if they're interested in someone, not supportive. Yeah. And it, I wrote that Jasmine wants to talk, every, talk to everybody about the struggles of singlehood. And I just wish she would let everyone eat. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, out of all the things she could have asked. Like, she's talking about the struggles of singlehood, and she's not even single anymore. Well, I I wonder if she's, like, almost trying to relate and not, because she's the the only one in 
you know, that's married. And so she's like, I'm trying to still relate with my friends here. And so if I bring up this topic, then it'll like help them forget that I'm married. But I think it just makes it more obvious that, hey, I'm in a relationship. You should be too. It almost feels, I guess, kind of performative to me in a way too, because like, She's oh, obviously, she planned this. Like she yeah. was like, "We're gonna sit down at dinner, <laughs> and I'm gonna ask this question." She did yeah. the same thing with the black excellence thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it very much seems like it's for the cameras in a way because she's still like friends with a good amount of these people. Yeah, and even they're all like, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> like, and they're all like Mariah talking about her only coming to the vineyard twice. Yeah, and then like well, her and Jordan, like we'll get into in a second, like still hang out late all the time and stuff. So like, and Jordan's the one that calls her out. and was like, why can't we just have authentic conversation? Yeah. So I think that's Jordan says she wants to have a conversation unprompted. So, and I agree with that. Like, and when you're sitting down with like friends and stuff too, like if it feels like there's an assignment or all these things you have to answer, then it doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. Unless it's like somebody you haven't seen for a long time, then of course you have a lot of questions. But these people seem to be like current friends. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then or people just who are asking, trying to get to know each other. I just think it's weird too, like asking a bunch of single it's people. Not, it's like, not a question to ask. It's yeah, just not in front of each other. Oh, who are you interested in? Yeah, like, like this is a one-on-one conversation with someone. You're sitting by the pool, and you're like, "So, are you interested in anyone in the house?" Yeah, but this isn't like a this isn't a dating show. No. That's not the point of it. Yeah. So people yeah, date they, and hook up and, in it. And if but they it's do want to you know. hook up, like let it happen. But they don't need to like and they're probably still exploring those things and anyway, I yeah. don't want to stay too long on that because I just thought it was cringy and mm-hmm. I didn't like it. So so anyway, so then Jasmine says she sees Jordan as her sister cousin here. Yeah, um, there's a sister cousin again. So then Silas comes out of nowhere and talks about how Jordan causes Jasmine stay out late and Alex says he could see Jordan being the toxic friend. He said he was kidding, but <laughs> I feel like he saw the walls crashing down mm-hmm. around him. <laughs> so so he kind of backed uh backtracked on that a little bit. And then Silas seems to be the only one bothered by the fact that Jasmine stays out late. So I th- I wrote down for this that I think Silas was being over the top with it, especially bringing it up at the table is something that he should talk to his wife about. Especially before he brings yes. up in front of all these people, some of which yes. like he doesn't really know, and he's bringing them into this drama. But I agree with Jordan that women don't need this knight in shining armor, and like Jasmine should be able to go out with her friends. I think that, and he brings up the free drinks thing. That was that was weird. Yeah, that was real stupid. Like, why are you mad that she got free drinks? Like, because <laughs> it, it, it in a way, like the way he talked about it too was like a. An accusatory way of yeah. like, oh, you got free drinks? What'd you do for that? You know, and it's like she's probably just being it just was probably existing, ladies' night. <laughs> yeah, sure. like she showed sure, up and they gave her a drink. Existing. Like, and if the men had an ulterior motive to give her a free drink, that's not her fault. Yeah, like she didn't do anything with the dudes. But yeah. anyway, well, I just like I've had thing. I've had drinks bought for me, and it's like there's an expectation. I'm like, if you bought me this drink. This is all you. this is all I'm expecting. Yeah, you chose to buy me the drink. Right. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm gonna go dance with my friends. <laughs> right. Uh, and I put that I think he just needs to learn to communicate and they need to set boundaries around what time of friends looks like. But 
at the for end sure. of the day, they've like, only been married for be, three months. Yeah, so. it needs to be a conversation between them. A and private I conversation, a hundred percent. Like it hasn't even been a conversation or a good conversation and stuff. And so I think he put Jasmine in a bad place because even she's like, Well, this is my husband, so like I have to stand beside him on this. But I feel like I also wonder if Jordan this is, is also a good friend and they've been friends for a long time. So then yeah. it's she's the, like in between a rock and our place. Yeah. So then we end with Jordan telling Silas he doesn't want smoke from her. This also somehow somehow turns into like a safety conversation. <laughs> yeah. I was confused at the yeah. end. I was like, why? How did we get here? Yeah. So I just felt like the whole thing was interesting because at the end of the day, like Jasmine and Silas are married. So I do think like Jordan also needs to set boundaries in that aspect of like just respecting their marriage in a way. Yeah. Well, respecting like if Jasmine says, hey, this is the boundary that we've set for our marriage and then Jordan respects it. But I don't think she should just be guessing of what that boundary is. Like exactly right now, she probably doesn't think there is one because Jasmine's going out with her and having a good time. Yeah. And it's not her responsibility as the friend, like yeah. if Jasmine wants to go out and Jasmine's saying, out, Jasmine's a grown ass woman. Correct. So mm-hmm. I think like Jordan's probably looking at it like she came and stayed. So like, yeah, that's something between y'all. It didn't have anything to do with Which me. Which it was. And then the entire table is sitting there and they're like, this is a private conversation. <laughs> exactly. So, and it just gets real tense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think overall I'm interested in the show. Like I'm interested to see if we see like, just before, like, we move on, the, just to see Silas, like, having almost this controlling attitude over Jasmine. Yeah, it feels like that's what, like, and I think for him, if they even did have, like, a boundaries conversation, I think it would be more so, like, well, you're just not allowed to go out. And I don't think that's the solution. Like, that she is should not be able solution. to hang out and do whatever the heck she wants to. Like, I think that, like, there's still communication. Like, you should let them know where you are. But, she wants to go out at night. She wants to stay out till three, four in the morning. Like, yeah, that you probably need to have a conversation about it. But I think, like, yeah, I think there's parameters that you can put up. But I think to say, hey, you can't go out with your friends, especially when the majority of her friends, at least in this situation, all of them are yeah. single, like meaning they're not married. Yeah. So to assume that she's not going to go out and have fun with these friends, like for a ladies' night, I just don't think that that's reasonable. And I think he's setting like almost like these unspoken expectations on her too of like like it doesn't to sound be like Betty Crocker. A new beha- yeah <laughs> it's not a new behavior like it sounds like yeah. there's something they've done so like to just think she's oh you're married so you just gotta cut these people off and stop doing everything you were doing mm-hmm. i don't think that's reasonable or fair to jasmine so agreed but they're only three months in they're figuring it out yeah so the this season on looks intriguing and i think especially when the drummer boyfriend shows up i think that'll well you got some people we haven't met yet too how many how many are here so far i think we have three more people that we have to meet yeah, Shanice, Shanice is coming a guy named jason and someone named summer so all right yeah so we'll see who, who they are and we'll, we'll introduce them as they come some, in. <laughs> some more history and stuff we'll learn about too I'm hoping that that's also plays a factor. And yeah. Yeah, I because I mean, drama. I remember the first episode of Summer House. It took me a long time to even want to watch that like 
the initial summer house. Well, I think the I first was like, summer what house. What is happening here? It started out real weird too, though, uh-huh. just because it was like, like it just no was like background. a continuation from Vanderpump. It was and a spinoff so, of Vanderpump. Yeah, kind so of. it didn't even like you had to watch Vanderpump in those episodes to even know who these people were. And Which then, now that I'm watching Vanderpump for the first time, I'm like. Oh, okay. Now it's going to Summer House. Okay, now this yeah. is like the connection mm-hmm. because the the ladies from Vanderpump go to to Summer House and yeah. like they know Kyle and everything. Yeah, but it was just like really clunky start. Yeah, you and just there wasn't fell of, into it. There wasn't a lot of background of like why do I even care that these people are vacationing <laughs> every weekend right. in a summer house? Yeah, which that's different too because Martha's Vineyard is more like Winter House where they're going for. A chunk of time they're not going every weekend so it's different there too yeah so yeah so i think it's great we'll see where it goes and hopefully it continues to have good drama and keeps us interested we'll watch the whole season and see how it turns out i guess with these shows like i just never know like what to expect for the end Mm mm-hmm because you know, especially with this one, like you said, they're not going every weekend. It's just for a chunk of time. They're there for what fifteen days. Fifteen days. Mm-hmm. So a lot could happen in that time. But I guess I don't know currently what the goal of the trip is, other than they're just there to. The goal is to just hang out, hang out, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yep. and see what kind of things they get into. Yeah. So we'll see. We got a lot to. Do we know how many episodes? No, they're still. I think they're on the eighth episode. Yeah, we're going to catch up. So yeah. I know you're probably listening to this and you watched this episode a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which we started it too. And then we went back and watched it because we're yeah. like, oh, we want to cover this show. So yeah. so we'll probably get caught up before it gets to the reunion at least. Let's hope so. We'll be able to kind of. If not, these episodes will still so. be there. So I'm guessing it won't be very long though because they covered two days in this episode so if they keep that pace then good point yeah good point. then it's probably almost over obviously so yep anyway that's all i got that's all you got yeah well then i think for now it's bedtime yep bedtime for the adults and this newborn finally baby praise looks the like Lord. he finally fell he asleep, fell asleep. So like thank god thank like no not thank god because it was like two minutes ago yeah <laughs> Like, of course. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of Summer Summer House Martha's Vineyard with us. And make sure you subscribe, rate us, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can find out more about our podcast on reallyafterbedtime.com. And we'll see you soon. Bye, everybody.